Hello, welcome to the next instalment in our City of Love series. This week marks the seventh episode of that series. And whether you're with us on a Sunday morning, sitting down in a Sunday evening or at some other point during the week, you're very welcome. We're glad you join in in worship with us. And we pray that the next hour will be a blessing to you. Now this service is designed to run continuously as a playlist. So if that isn't happening for you, you might want to go back to the Kirkpatrick Memorial YouTube page and just check for the playlist. My name's Lisa. I'm a member at Kirkpatrick along with my husband Steve and our four children. I don't know what the last five weeks have looked like for you. No doubt everybody will have had very different experiences of lockdown, but I don't mind admitting that I find it somewhat overwhelming at times. Initially, I was overwhelmed by worry over the health and well-being of friends and family, the change in work circumstances, the prospect of homeschooling three children, and generally just not seeing the ones we love, the ones who are closest to us. I couldn't comprehend any of it, I suppose because I was looking at it all in a very horizontal way. I lost sight of God. As the weeks have gone on and my gaze has turned vertically, I've started to see glimpses of God's goodness and his grace in this situation. I've listened to nature's bird song. I've witnessed and experienced connection and provision in our own neighbourhood. I've seen resilience in people. I've seen a renewed sense of purpose and for others a newfound purpose. I've seen a community that abounds with thankfulness, not least on a Thursday evening when we join together to clap our hands, bang our pots or play our instruments, to say thank you to those who are putting their lives on the line for us. On one such occasion, I was walking down the road with my five-year-old daughter as the clock struck eight. The doors opened, our neighbours started to pour out, started to converse, to laugh, to clap. I found myself being overwhelmed yet again, but this time in a good way. This time it was because of a real sense of unity, a sense of joy even in the midst of all of this. Although it's often difficult to see God at work in times of trouble, when we do focus on him, who he is, all that he is, in our place in his plans, we start to view and respond to situations differently. In his email to our congregation this week, Crystal reminded us of the words of Psalmist in Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout the generations. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Today, Christoph is going to be helping us to think about what it is that God is saying to us, to our nation and to our world in this season of COVID-19. It is our prayer that as we wrestle with this situation together, that we will fix our eyes on him and that we will have ears to hear his voice. As we begin our service today, let's pray together. Lord, we come before you, recognising that you are the one enthroned on high. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Only you, Lord. 
we praise you and we are in awe of all that you are. Help us to trust in you because you know the beginning and the ending and everything in between. So we fix our eyes upon you. Yours is the greatness and the power. Yours is the glory and the splendor and the majesty. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. Um, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, it's been a while since we've been together um, and I hope you're adjusting um, to life at home. It's different, um, isn't it? Uh, we're spending a lot more time uh, with each other. Uh, we have homeschooling to do. Uh, we're not going out to the different activities and clubs that we usually enjoy. Um, I'm sure you're missing your friends and your teachers um, and school. Um, just now I wanted to give you a big uh, hello from all the Sunday Club teachers and helpers at Kirkpatrick. Um, over the next few weeks, um, just in case you don't forget what we look like and who we are, um, a few of us will maybe be setting you a couple of challenges on our online service. Um, so make sure you watch out for those. Uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Um, and as I pray, I want you to pray the prayer with me and listen carefully. I think you'll recognise uh, some of the words and some of the sentences in the prayer are from 10 songs that we would sometimes sing in Sunday Club. Um, at the very end of the whole service, um, it would be brilliant if you could take some time with a piece of pen and paper and maybe someone at home to help you and see if you can find in my prayer um, the 10 songs that I refer to um, as I'm praying. Um, if you do that, it would be brilliant if you could send those off to Clara Christoph in an email. Don't worry if you don't get all 10. It would just be great to have um, some of them. And uh, send them off in an email and we will give you a special Joe Wick style shout out um, next week in our outtakes. It would be fabulous if as many of you as possible could do that. Um, that would be brilliant. So just now let's close our eyes and let's pray. Dear God, we praise you right now because you are a great big God who has the whole wide world in his hands. In our ever-changing world, where there is so much fear and suffering right now, will you help us to trust in you with all our heart, lean not in our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our paths. In many parts of our world right now, we see heartache, division, broken relationships, disagreements amongst leaders. And so we pray, will you help us to live in harmony, to stand as one and make us stronger? Give us joy unspeakable that won't go away and just enough strength to live for today. Oh, that we would always see the Father's love for you and me, that all through history you were faithful and that you are just the same when it comes to us. Every word of your word gives light, like the sun that shines so bright. Will you help us, especially at this time, to shine bright for you, to shine from the inside out so that this world will see you live in each one of us. Help us to be a city of love, a city on a hill, so that Jesus, living in us, 
can change the world. Amen. The reading today is from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. We begin at verse 1. Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or, those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. This is the word of God. Good morning. It's good to see you. Um, I haven't been teaching at the last of our two online services. So the first thing I'd like to do is to say thank you to Monty for his teaching on Easter Sunday morning. And also to Stephen for his very helpful teaching from Psalm 13 at last Sunday morning service. It was just brilliant uh, to have both of those brothers uh, leading us in God's word. This morning we're going to grapple with the question, what would Jesus say about coronavirus? Um, and we're going to do that by looking at some of Jesus' own words. And um, They're recorded for us in Luke chapter 13, that passage which Ruth read a moment ago, so it might be good if you haven't already done so to take a moment to turn that up. Just while you're doing that, I want to give credit to a couple of people, um, one of whom I don't know and one of whom I know very well. So the person whom I don't know is Ross Hastings, a professor of theology at Regent College in Vancouver. Uh, when I'm sharing this morning, everything that I share will be either directly from a talk that Ross gave or inspired uh, by the material in that talk and to help you see just how indebted I am to him and to allow you to access his fuller and richer teaching I'm going to provide a link to that lecture in a City of Love update going out next week. The other person I want to credit uh, is Billy Dixon one of our own elders. It was Billy who pointed me uh, to Ross's very helpful teaching, which has inspired me for today. So, what would Jesus say about coronavirus? Before I try to answer that question, I want to say that we need to be careful. One of the reasons why it's taken me a while to begin to address this subject and to begin to comment on what God might be saying to us through coronavirus is that I believe that we need to be very careful um, about how we look to God's word uh, from a very different time and a very different place and how we then apply it to our own time and place and circumstances. We need to be very careful of drawing the lines uh, too directly from Jesus' words or from the teaching of the Bible to the particular events of our day. Having said that, I think it's very important that we see 
that God's word does apply to our circumstances today and that it has something to say about the whole of life. So it's with that, uh, that invitation to be careful uh, that I want us to go ahead and to see that it's okay and in fact it's important for us to try to find answers to these kinds of questions. So what would Jesus say about coronavirus? Let's start with our passage. In Luke 13, Jesus has been confronted with a couple of the local crises of his day. First of all, there's the one about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. That sounds awful. By the way, there are extra biblical sources uh, such as the, the Jewish historian Josephus and they confirm that events like this really did occur. A terrible event like that, now as it would do then, got people thinking, what does all this mean? Does this mean that God's on the side of the Romans? Does this mean that the individuals who were killed were singled out by God for judgment? The second crisis Jesus comments on in this passage is an incident where 18 people died when a tower at Siloam fell on them. Siloam is a place near Jerusalem, uh, famous for the reservoir there which held water for the city. This was a slightly different kind of crisis. It's a bit more like what we might call a natural disaster because it's one that you can't attribute uh, a blame uh, directly to human intention. But again, it would raise questions. Why did this happen? Why was God choosing to punish these 18 people? So Jesus isn't in Luke chapter 13 dealing directly with the coronavirus pandemic. But he is being confronted with the crises of his day. One of human aggression on the one hand and one of a natural disaster on the other. What's Jesus going to say about these things? Well, Jesus starts by turning the popular theology of his day on its head. In those days, if your enemy killed you, or if a tower fell on you, most people would say, well, that must be your fault. You must be guilty somehow, or more guilty than the rest of us. That's why you've been singled out for God's judgment. Twice over in this passage, Jesus challenges that assumption. I tell you no. So the first thing that Jesus says about the crisis of his day is that disasters are indiscriminate, at least as far as our human perception is concerned. That means that we should avoid speculating about things that are beyond us. Blaming victims is cruel. And Jesus doesn't allow it. Anyone who's not sure of that, by the way, should read or reread the book of Job. This truth that disasters are indiscriminate has very real pastoral implications for us. It means that the last thing that we should do with a person who contracts coronavirus or any other illness or experiences any other disaster, the last thing we should say to them is, it's because of your sin. God is judging you. Jesus absolutely rejects that way of thinking. 
Whenever Jesus is faced with the crises of his day, he twice calls his audience not to assume the guilt of the victims. But he doesn't leave it at that. He goes on. Twice in this short passage, he warns his audience. Unless you repent, you too will perish. Now he's getting to the heart of the issue. The question of who suffered in the disaster and how guilty they may be isn't the real issue. There's a much more fundamental issue. The real issue is that one day, whether through a virus or through cancer or through a natural disaster or through the slow decline of the years, we're all going to die. So that brings us to the second thing that Jesus would say about coronavirus. The disasters of this nature are indiscriminate, but death is inevitable for all. Jesus' response to the crises of his day is to encourage people to stop speculating about the reasons for the death of others and to start thinking about the inevitability of their own death. Disasters may be indiscriminate, but death isn't. It comes to us all. The real disaster in any crisis, says Jesus, would be to fail to come to terms with our own mortality. The real disaster would be not to be prepared for the inevitable. A disastrous disaster would be to fail to reflect on the big questions, including the question of whether there's death and why there's death in this world at all. The Bible tells us that death has to do with sin. When sin came into the world, and we're told that story in Genesis chapter 3, every human being came under the death sentence because we've all sinned. The set of questions the set of questions about when we'll die and the reason for our death, those are all red herrings. Whatever questions coronavirus raises for each one of us, we must, we really must allow it to confront us with our own mortality. We must allow it to remind us of our sin, both as part of a sinful human race, but also our sin as individuals. And we must allow it to remind us that death is inevitable. Just now we're going to pause for a moment for a song to help us reflect. Even in the face of disaster and death, we want to be able to say, Lord, you are sovereign over us. We're thinking today about what we can learn from Jesus about crises uh, such as the coronavirus pandemic that we find ourselves in now. So far we've learned a couple of things that disasters are indiscriminate and that death is inevitable. Uh, it's not really been very cheery so far, has it? Where is the hope in Jesus disaster response plan. That brings me to the third thing that we can learn in this passage, namely that repentance is imperative for all. This is really at the heart of what Jesus says about the disasters that we find ourselves in. 
That's because only repentance can transform disaster and death from being a tragic end and make it into a passageway into a new kind of life. We've seen that this Easter season, how God can bring the dead back to life. Repentance is our way to get in on the act. What does Jesus mean by repentance? Well, as if to anticipate the question, in a couple of chapters later in his gospel, chapter 15, Luke records three of Jesus' parables or three of Jesus' story. Uh, you might want to flick to them just as I'm speaking here now. They're the stories of the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Whenever you read them all together, back to back, you can't help but pick up the overarching message. Lost people matter to God. He is for us. In each of these stories uh, of recovery of a lost person, they, they bring a, a celebration in heaven. God loves it when lost people are found. But what does that look like for us? It, it looks like repentance. So, for example, when he's concluding the story of the recovery of the lost sheep, Jesus says, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. Friends, repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of mind and heart about who God is. He's our loving Heavenly Father. About who Jesus really is. He's God's Son and the world's only Saviour. Repentance is a change of heart about who I really am. I admit my own sinfulness and I stop relying on myself for salvation. Repentance is the moment when I stop saying to myself, I'm a good person. I come from a good family. I don't need Jesus to die on the cross for me. Let's think for a second about that parable of the lost sheep. The joy in heaven is over one sinner who repents. There's a group of people who don't bring any joy in heaven because they won't be there. It's those who don't need to repent, quote, unquote. Jesus isn't suggesting that there really is a class of people who don't need to repent. There is no such class. He's using this phrase as a way to, to jab and to challenge any self-righteous listener who imagines that they don't need to repent. You see, the self-righteous can't repent. And they can't have the assurance that Jesus offers in this passage. And they can't face death. And they can't face disasters or crises such as this pandemic, pandemic with peace. Repentance is imperative. Folks, since repentance is right at the heart of what Jesus would want to say to us about coronavirus, and since it's at the heart of his disaster response plan, we're going to spend the last few moments thinking about what forms our repentance might take. Repentance isn't just spiritual or individual, but it's socio-political as well. What needs to change at an international or national level 
What needs to change in our societies and communities as a result of this coronavirus pandemic? Well, at the very least, there's the human cruelty and the injustice involved in exotic wildlife markets. There's the repressive government that punished a whistleblower when they first drew attention to this virus. There's the exceptionalism of certain Western politicians who boasted that coronavirus wouldn't affect them and so failed to use the time available to them to make the best possible preparations to prepare their most vulnerable populations. There needs to be repentance at national and international levels. But let's not let ourselves too quickly off the hook. Let's not miss the opportunity that this crisis brings to consider the call to personal repentance. The prophet Isaiah was writing to God's people Judah in a time of great crisis. The temptation then for the people was to, to run to other nations, surrounding nations for help. But Isaiah writes, chapter 30, verse 15, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Isaiah expresses repentance in terms of rest. We haven't really tried to explain the pandemic here today, but it's maybe okay to think for a moment about what this extraordinary lockdown is offering us. Perhaps this enforced isolation is offering us a chance to repent and to rest, to slow down our busyness, to stop running around as if we ran the world, to see with Isaiah that it's in quietness and trust that we find our strength. Quiet before God, trusting in him. Disaster is indiscriminate. Death is inevitable. But repentance is imperative to all. And so I ask you, what needs to change in your life? Can I ask you to repent of relying on yourself to achieve some sort of good score with God when you meet him, when you die? Can I ask you to repent of relying on your emotional insight to cope with the prospect of facing death? Can I ask you to repent of all your evaluations of Jesus? that don't see him as the true son of God and your only saviour. Let me encourage you in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic to turn to Jesus Christ, to receive him as your saviour, to make him your Lord, to give the rest of your life to living with him, following him and becoming more like him. Commit your eternal destiny to him. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength.
that folks were coming towards the end of this morning's service. Um, some of you have been in touch with me, asked me how we're doing in our household. Uh, the common reply is that I've been telling you that we haven't killed each other yet and that I'm counting that a success. Uh, maybe that speaks for you and your household too. I uh, just want to very quickly make a few announcement kind of things. Um, first of all, to say about Phone a Podcast, uh, we mentioned that in a, an email this week. Uh, this is a way that we've made available for anybody to hear uh, at least some of the content of these services without being online, without having access to the internet. Uh, so simply by dialing a number, uh, a person can hear the, the teaching and the leading from these services. You might wonder why I'm telling you that, because you're online and you're watching this on YouTube. The, the point is, I want you to help other people who aren't online and aren't watching this just now to find their way to the phone a podcast. So have a look, read those instructions and see if you can help somebody uh, to connect with what we're doing here and to feel much more a part of things again, uh, rather than feeling isolated. Thanks for that. Uh, you'll see as well in the update that I sent out yesterday that we have some comments about uh, the financial impact of lockdown. Uh, please read those comments and try to understand how we as a church are thinking about these things. Uh, we have some comments there about loss of income, about giving uh, in a period like this, and also about a hardship fund that we've set up. If you would like some help, uh, if you've fallen in hard times and need some help, uh, please be in touch with me or with Mary Rose and we'll see what we can do to help. The last thing I want to mention quickly is this week's extras. Uh, you'll notice that I'm calling them extras now. I've had a bit of feedback to say that they're not outtakes. I've been calling them outtakes and that's strictly not the case. So I've taken that feedback on board and from now on we call them extras. In the extras this week you'll see our first postcards from home. Uh, that's a photo montage. If you didn't get it, if you've sent us photographs and don't see yourself in this week's montage. That means you're going to be bumped down into next week. Look out for yourself next week. Um, what, we, what we want people to do is just keep sending photographs and we'll keep using them in, in future video montages. So I, I couldn't stress this enough. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how good with technology you are. If you can take a photograph and send it to us, we'll include it in that next uh, video montage. One discipleship group has sent us a, a more of a, a movie, a video, so look out for that. Johnny Bloomfield has sent us a couple of videos, one about supporting small businesses and one about a couch to 5K that he's going to be running soon. Uh, and then at the very end of the playlist, you'll see a couple of resources, one from Made for More, uh, which we've mentioned in previous emails. It's a longer video but it's one that young people in particular might enjoy. And then there's also a kid's video in there that might be a useful resource for some of the families. Just now, um, we're coming to the end of our service. Roger is going to lead us in our prayers of intercession. Uh, then we'll have a beautiful closing hymn, Be Still My Soul, The Lord is on Thy Side. 
when my mum died uh, a number of years ago, we chose this old German hymn uh, to declare our trust in God in a time of personal disaster and even in the face of death. Uh, I hope and pray that as you sing it and reflect on the words, you'll find deep encouragement there too. God bless you. Good morning. In our prayers today, we will be remembering some of the people who are most vulnerable to the effects of COVID-19, whether to the disease itself or to its wider impacts. This disease and the measures to prevent its spread are exposing and exacerbating existing inequalities in our own society and across the world. God wants us to share his concern for those in the margins. So let us pray together for our world and particularly for vulnerable people. As a sign of our unity in our prayers today, we're going to use a simple prompt and response at the end of each short section. So when I pray, gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring these lives before you. Please join me in praying May they know the hope and peace that only you can bring. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we pray today for the wider world of which we are but one small part. We give thanks for those parts of the world where people are emerging from lockdown and experiencing the early signs of recovery. But we recognise that in many countries, COVID-19 is only beginning to take its toll, and that for them, the worst is yet to come. We pray particularly for those places where social distancing and regular hand-washing are a virtual impossibility, where health services are limited and where people are already struggling through poverty, disease and civil unrest. We ask for you to intervene in power and to protect these fragile and distressed communities. We are conscious of the reports this week that spell out the potential for catastrophic food shortages in some of the world's poorest and most troubled countries. And so we pray that efforts to present such famines will be successful. And we pray that the eyes of the wealthier world will not be so inwardly focused at this time that we ignore or disregard the plight of those whose suffering you see and you know. Give us your compassion for our world, Lord. We pray especially for our brothers and sisters in the global church as they seek to bring comfort, help and hope to their own communities. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring these lives before you. May they know the hope and peace that only you can bring. Almighty and merciful God, we pray today for the most vulnerable members of our own society particularly those whose daily struggles are magnified in this period of lockdown. We pray for those who are lonely and isolated, that they would know your comfort and companionship. We pray for those struggling with mental health issues and addictions. May they experience your peace, which passes all understanding. We pray for vulnerable children in our care system. May they each know the stability and security 
that you bring through your relentless and unconditional love. We pray for all who are sick at this time, whether as a result of COVID or other health conditions. May they experience your healing touch and know that you are with them. And we pray for those who are living in, living in extreme poverty and who are struggling to make ends meet at a time of reduced support and care. May you provide for their needs and bring your hope in the midst of their despair. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring these lives before you. May they know the hope and peace that only you can bring. Almighty and merciful God, we pray for our church family at Kirkpatrick. We pray for Christoph as he leads us and for the staff team and elders as they serve us. We pray for the various virtual gatherings and connections that continue. Almighty and merciful God, we pray for our church family at Kirkpatrick. We pray for Christoph as he leads us and for the staff team and elders as they serve us. We pray for the various virtual gatherings and connections that continue to take place each week. In this time of physical isolation, may we be united. Please help us to connect more deeply and to love one another more effectively. We pray for those in our church family who are sick or are struggling at this time. May they know your presence. May they know that we love them and are praying for them. We pray too for those from Kirkpatrick who are healthcare workers or who are serving the wider community in other vital ways. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring these lives before you. May they know the hope and peace that only you can bring. Almighty and merciful God, in a brief time of silence, we pray for our own families and friends. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring these lives before you. May they know the hope and peace that only you can bring. And finally, Lord, we pray for ourselves. At this time of uncertainty and upheaval, may we look to you as our source of comfort and strength. May we experience for ourselves the truth that perfect love casts out fear. Please show us how we can share this truth with the people you have given us to love. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we bring our lives before you. May we know the hope and peace that only you can bring. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who came through death so that we might live life in all its fullness. Amen. Maybe like many, this situation has caused you to reflect on life. Maybe to think differently about things. Maybe it's given you the opportunity to broach the big questions of life with family and friends or even neighbours. 
whether that's been over a fence or a gate, in a WhatsApp group, on the telephone or via email. God is working in our waiting. So I want to remind you of the psalmist's words from earlier. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Teach us to number our days aright, that we might gain a heart of wisdom. May the favour of the Lord our God rest upon you. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. As you go into yet another week of lockdown, whatever challenges you may face, may you know God in the midst of it. May he be your strength and your refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. May he be your salvation now and forevermore. Amen. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you. I cannot.
It has been really good to see photos and videos of how people have been getting on during lockdown at the end of the service on a Sunday. As a discipleship group, we've been doing what we can under the leadership of Rachel and Al to stay in touch with each other throughout the week and at the weekend and have taken part in a few quizzes and discussions and time of prayer which has been great so we thought there was a discipleship group that we would um, submit something that shows how some of us have been getting on um, during this lockdown period so hopefully uh, you enjoy it and it's a good way just to to keep in touch and catch up uh, with how we're getting on. seven to twelve years in the box it's only taking them an hour and a half Classrooms, there's a little sneak peek into what uh, teaching and learning currently looks like 
Secretary of Storm Ellis. We've shifted uh, fully online since campus closed uh, a month ago and uh, are getting our heads around our new uh, virtual learning environment, which thankfully we introduced back uh, in September. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to persuade any students to join me. It's maybe a little bit early for them to, to be appearing here on a live chat, but um, they're working hard and we're doing our best to support them as best we can. It's Johnny Bluefield here. I hope you're all keeping safe and well. One sector of society that's losing quite a bit of sleep at the minute is the small business community. Uh, some small businesses have been forced to close. Others have just simply had their order books totally ripped up. So it's difficult. And I put a call out through Christoph's email last week asking for anybody who would possibly be interested in doing whatever we can to uh, support small businesses through this this tough time um, many of which are have been forced to adapt to the conditions and reinvent themselves and come up with new ideas and new, new, new strategies to to keep their business going and um, thanks to everyone who's reached out so far and, and we've had some great conversations throughout the week uh, one of the outcomes from that was to create this video just this to uh, put a call out to the KMPC community Particularly want to speak to anyone who owns a small business or is an employee of a small business or the self-employed and just we want to find out what you're doing and how you're doing and if you could possibly get in touch with us. So you can find my details through the church suite. You can email me or text me or WhatsApp me and uh, we, we can see what possibly we can do to, to provide any support. I don't know what that is but we want to keep talking about how we can help so if you can uh, reach out to me i'd love to hear from you okay thanks for everyone keep well and keep safe bye hi there it's johnny i hope you're keeping well keeping safe and enjoying the sunshine and, and more importantly are you keeping fit uh, usually this time of year my wife katie and i we would put together a couch to 5k program it's the highlight of our year we love doing it. We love uh, bringing people from all around the neighborhood into to Stormont and uh, take, take people through nine weeks of running and, and just watch, watch people transform. It's, it's, it's truly wonderful. Um, we've been talking about uh, what we could do. I know it's impossible to bring people together at this point, but um, we've decided to, to, to put it out there virtually. And uh, we're, you know, we're inviting 
registrations for our next program and uh, we'll we'll then produce a video one one per week to kind of detail what uh, what running is involved during that week we'll try and give you some motivation some encouragement some tips how to warm up properly how to think when you run how to keep going how to how to stay 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 motivated all the way through to the end and um, we'll have a Facebook page to kind of keep people together we'll um, have a Strava group as well we'll use Strava to to log our runs and to kind of connect through through it too um, so you'd be welcome to to join either or both of those if, if you wish and um, yeah we would just love to uh, to see how this goes uh, be a bit different running a virtual couch to 5k instead of a you know an in-person one but hopefully we'll we'll still have similar uh, outcomes so if you're keen to, to join us this year we're uh, we're going to start re really soon so if you just follow the uh, the link below this video to uh, to register and then we'll we'll start sending you the videos uh, so it'll be in your done in your own time at your own pace and uh, hopefully uh, we'll all we'll all meet someday and enjoy a 5k together I'll, I'll look forward to hearing from you see you bye